It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Reds Podcast. I'm your host, your cheap seat crony, your bench jockey with a beer. My name is Jeff Carr, bringing you the Reds every day. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Today's episode, we're going to look at Michael Lorenzen's interesting Monday. We're also going to talk about Alex Wood and what that means for the Reds in the early season, as well as get to a couple of questions that I received on Twitter. Before we get to that, though, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Check us out on social media at Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs, and look us up at LockedOnReds.com, where there's lots of great content from our team of writers. Also, do not forget that you can access the Locked On Reds podcast via your smart device in your car. Just activate your smart device's voice command and say, Play Podcast Locked On Reds, and it'll pull right up. Very nice and easy that way. So let's jump into it today. Michael Lorenzen, and really it was the headline of the Monday spring training games. When it comes to spring training games, there's not too many headlines to be had, but this one was kind of fun. Michael Lorenzen came in the fifth inning and pitched an inning of relief. It was a perfect inning of relief. In fact, he had two strikeouts. And then he proceeded to stay in the game in center field. He got one at bat. Unfortunately, he struck out in that at bat, and he didn't really get any fly balls in center field. He was recapping after the game where he was shaded over to right center field in a specific outfield shift, and then just via gut instinct, he moved himself over to left center field. And then a line drive was hit right where he was standing originally. And so something he would have caught then turned into a hit. It was, you know, all kind of fun and games. You know, he said that he was just kind of having fun out there. David Bell was asked after the game what he thought of it. And the answer that he gave, he was just talking about, he's like, you know, it's something new. It's something interesting to experience. He said that he's never been this close to a situation where he's had a pitcher who has enough athletic ability to play in the field like Michael Lorenzen has. And so it was an interesting experience for him, but really the overarching tone of both David Bell and Michael Lorenzen's comments were, hey, it was fun, it was a nice day, we're not really looking to build on it. I mean, I think it was something that they almost were just doing to kind of say they did it, you know. He played in the field, he pitched, voila. He did better on the mound. I mean, he didn't play that much in the field to get enough exposure to really compare the two. But, you know, for a reliever, a perfect inning with two strikeouts, that's really what you want. You know, you one more strikeout, and he's got a, you know, the absolute perfect inning you could get for a reliever. But all in all, I think, kind of like I said on Monday's pod, I really think that this isn't going to be something that they use a lot 
in the regular season. They've got plenty of outfielders, and we'll actually get to my thoughts on that a little bit later on in today's show. And I just don't see this being a thing. It was kind of fun for spring training, but don't get used to it, that sort of thing. And in that game, there were just a couple of notes that I had seen. I mean, Yasiel Puig hit a home run. It was a radio-only broadcast. There was no television broadcast to today's game. I was listening to the game, and on the broadcast, Puig's home run sounded like a rocket. In fact, I tweeted out at the time, Puig's homer sounded far. Obviously, you can't listen to a distance, but as hard as that sound came off the bat, there's no way that that was a short home run. I expect to see a couple of those in Great American Ballpark this season. Anthony DeSclafani also pitched about four innings. He gave up a couple of hits and a couple of runs, but overall looked pretty solid. And it was a, you know, 5-5 tie, just another example why spring training games are glorified televised practice where one team is trying out some things the other thing is the other team is trying out some things and they just so happen to be you know playing each other with a scoreboard keeping track of it all in all not something that you want to go crazy on with the analysis and like I said Michael Lorenzen playing both on the mound and in the field and getting at a bat it's fun to watch but I wouldn't peg that as something that the Reds have up their sleeve. I mean, this is something that maybe in a pinch, in an extreme situation where they just need a little bit of extra help off of the bench in a situation where maybe they have already used up the outfielders that are on the roster. I think that he can provide that for them should it be needed. Do I expect it to happen a lot? No. That's really all there was from this game. Nick Senzel also started and did okay. Matt Kemp had a pretty decent game going two for three with a couple more RBIs. He's really kind of making a case for himself to be a starting outfielder, and that's something that I'm going to get to after we come out of the break. You're listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Thanks for downloading and listening to the show on this Tuesday. I had kind of teased this earlier on in the episode. I was reading up a little bit more about Alex Wood's back injury. He's It's, it's not necessarily something where I think they're super worried about it. According to the comments, you know, they said that they're going to reevaluate, and they use terms that when it comes to pitchers, and, you know, we, we think about Homer Bailey – for example, when it comes to this sort of thing. But they said that he pitched, and then the next day his back was kind of spasming up on him, and so they're probably going to reevaluate his routine and stuff like that. Still early enough on in spring training. I know we're still, you know, we're only just two and a half weeks away from the first game of the season, but 
in the long game, I don't think this is a big deal for Alex Wood. I think they're going to work through this. Maybe he misses a start or two to begin the season, but it's not something that I think the Reds are ill-equipped to handle, and it's not something that I think we as fans need to panic about. Because when it comes to the Reds roster, they are actually uniquely equipped to handle this as opposed to last season where last season we were like who is going to fill out the starting rotation this year we already know we know who the starting five is and really you can put your finger on who's going to be the sixth guy and that's Tyler Malley and to be honest with you I never expected Tyler Malley to be left on the shelf so to speak for this season I figured that he would fill in for a guy who's got an injury here or there it just so happens it may be a little bit earlier on in the season than we thought, but Tyler Malley has looked pretty solid and pretty confident in spring training. I think he's ready to step in right away for Alex Wood. And while it is a little disconcerting because we've only technically got Alex Wood for this year, you know, there's been no talks of any sort of contract extensions or anything like that for him, at the same time, the Reds are deep enough that this is not necessarily something that we should be looking at. Oh, man, the season is derailed before it even started. We had all this promise, and now Alex Wood has got back problems, and well, we ain't going anywhere now. I don't think it's that way. In fact, Tyler Malley seems like the kind of guy who can step in, and the Reds won't even really miss a beat. He's got the talent and definitely the upside almost – more upside than Luis Castillo has. So I, I'm i actually sort of excited to see him maybe get one or two starts here in the early going in 2019. I think Alex Wood's going to be okay with this. In fact, David Bell said in an article, I think it was the Inquirer that I read, Bobby Nightingale wrote, that David Bell said while it's something that they're going to reevaluate, it's also not something that they're super worried about. It's something that they can just handle and give him time to rest up and get that back 100% again and ready to go for the start of the season. Now then, when we're going into the season, I got a couple of questions and I'm going to answer two of them today. The first one comes from Stephen Offenbaker. He is the host of the Reds Alert podcast. Go check that podcast out. comes out right around once a week. He does some good work over there. But he asked, he said, what's your preferred everyday batting order for the Reds? So when I look at the roster, and based on the talent that I see that the Reds have, how would I set the roster? Or how would I set the lineup up? And to be honest with you, I'm starting off number one, Jesse Winker. That's not surprising to anybody. Guy has potential to have on base percentage close to Joey Votto. I know that before he got hurt, he had a very nice on base percentage, just above 400. And then number two is Joey Votto. I really like what I've seen from him in spring training, and then in his career, he's actually bat pretty well from the two hole in fact 10% just under 10% in fact of his career plate appearances have come from the second position in the batting order he has 511 at bats and 154 hits which amounts to a 301 batting average so raise your hand if you're surprised that Joey Votto bats 300 in a situation no one did I can see that that's fine he has an on-base percentage of 433 and a slugging percentage of 511. 
you know, it's it's about a season's worth of statistics when you look at it. He's got 24 home runs and 69 RBIs out of the two-hole with 31 doubles. I mean, Joey Votto is always going to have crazy numbers like that, but the numbers do not show a huge drop-off. In fact, that sounds right on par for who Joey Votto is. I think he would be phenomenal in the two-hole. Batting third, I'd love to see Suarez. Suarez really broke out last season, and I think he's got even more left in the tank, more to show us, and I think a great way for him to do that would be to bat third in the lineup. I mean, you've got Winker and Votto, both two guys with over 400 on base percentage. (laughs) What's one of everyone's criticisms for Joey Votto is that he walks too much. Well, when you bat second and you walk a bunch, then you're getting on for the RBI guys in Suarez, and he's going to have ample opportunity. I can see him easily breaking 100 RBIs, maybe even 110 RBIs without even batting an eyelash there. And then batting fourth, I would love to see this, and I might get some backlash on this. I'd love to see Yasiel Puig bat fourth. I think he's got the pop, he's got the power, and he's got the drive to really bring in all of the runs from the four position, and he's definitely got the swag to do it. I don't think you really need swag to bat fourth. Adam Dunn wasn't much of a swag kind of guy, but he was one of the best four hitters that the Reds have ever had. Then batting fifth, I'm putting Scooter. I think that's one of the reasons that I might get a little bit of pushback there. Some would say, well, why not bat him fourth? Scooter is a pretty decent hitter. I mean, don't get me wrong. I kind of see a little bit of regression to the mean here. I know we've been saying that for the last two years, and it hasn't happened yet. I think it happens this year. But regression to the mean for him, he's still a pretty good batter, which means I'm thinking like a 285 average and probably about 20 homers, maybe about 80 RBIs. That's perfect for the five-hole spot. Then batting sixth, I'm going to be sliding in – Nick Senzel, I think he's got a bright future. And really, to quote any sort of minor league statistics or, you know, look at spring training statistics and use them as a basis for why I want him to bat sixth is kind of a little foolhardy because those really don't translate into regular season success at the major league level. I just think that talent-wise – Everyone has told everyone that he's got the ability to be a great player. So I think that this season, his first full season in the majors, is a perfect opportunity for him to be in the sixth hole where there's not going to be a ton of pressure. You know, he's not in that top four of hitters. So they're not going to be hanging on every single at bat. But at the same time, he's got perfect time to shine with the guys in front of him. I mean, think about this. You're a rookie hitter who's got all the promise in the world, but you're put into a situation where there's not a ton of pressure on you because batting in front of you is two guys who get on base at a 400 or above clip and Jesse Winker and Joey Votto. Then you got Eugenio Suarez batting third who – had an amazing season and by some websites was the Reds MVP in 2018. Batting fourth is Yasiel Puig, a guy who's regularly hit close to 30 home runs in Chavez Ravine, a very not homer-friendly park. And then batting fifth is Scooter Jeanette, a man who has been raking the past couple of seasons. So 
I think there's going to be one or two of those guys on base whenever Nick Senzel comes up, and he's going to have an ability to shine that way. Then batting seventh, I've got Jose Peraza. I think he's got another great year ahead of him. He shows pop for a shortstop, not something that you see every day. And, of course, batting eighth, we've got our Tucker Barnhart. And that's no indictment on either Peraza or Barnhart. They both got good talent. It's just when you put them up against the rest of the guys in the lineup, seventh and eighth is where they belong. And that's how I kind of see that shaking out. And then real quickly, I want to get to another question that I received. This one came from Dale Newman. And Dale asked me, Phil Irvin or Scott Shebler, who's got the best chance at being with the club this year and why? And really when I look at the two, I think at least to start, we're going to see more Scott Shebler. I think he's earned enough cred with the last couple of years that he's had. Obviously, he didn't have the pop in 2018 that he showed in 2017, but I think overall he's got a great talent, plus he has the ability to play center field, which is going to be key for Nick Senzel to kind of really you know, be that true center field backup. I think Phil Irvin, while he did play a little bit of center field last season, is not your ideal backup center fielder. It's nice that he has the ability to play all three outfield positions, but I, I just see Phil Irvin kind of falling right behind Scott Shebler in the pecking order as far as the outfield goes. We've got more questions. I, I, I can't get them on today's podcast, but I do appreciate you all for sending them. Definitely keep sending them in. I think while I thought I might have like a specific segment on a specific episode, maybe I'll just pepper questions in throughout the week. So definitely keep sending them in. That'll be it for the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. I appreciate you downloading and listening to today's show. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. It's the best way to get each and every episode automatically downloaded into your library each and every morning. Also, check us out on social media and look us up at LockedOnReds.com. On Wednesday's episode, we'll have more about spring training and get to more of your questions. This is the Lockdown Reds podcast, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Lockdown podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.